Really, when I think of the 13 years that I completely was just absolute devastation to think that he can now use that to encourage others and to give hope to women who have been through trauma and need to take that brave step forward to start their healing and need to begin to trust God even when they can't imagine how to do that. Just to be willing and if you're not willing, say, okay, please make me willing. Just because we become a Christian does not mean our walk is a straightforward path. Our guest today started with a no God in her life approach, new age, Scientology. In fact, she likens herself to Paul. He was against Christians and then he had a radical transformation to become one, just like our guest, Athena Dean Holtz. In this two-part episode, we have been following Athena on this crazy journey that she has had from God-hating, Scientology, a Christian awakening, vulnerable spots of deception, a 13-year walk in a toxic and restrictive cult, and then God's amazing and redeeming love. This is part two, so if you missed part one, go back and grab that one. Let's go ahead and jump in. Hey girl, I know you are overwhelmed at the thought of being a Christian. There are so many damaging lessons you need to unlearn and you feel like you were starting over from scratch. Heck, you were even taught not to believe the Bible, so where do you turn for truth? Hi, I'm Shelby Hosfield. I too was a girl who left the LDS church. I too felt like I had abandoned everything I had ever known about God. I spent 20 years lost after leaving, wishing someone would just give me the blueprints on faith. How was I supposed to raise my kids with God when I didn't even know how to pray? Can you relate? But as hard as this is, I know you are not ready to give up on Jesus. God opened me up to a real relationship with him through his word. The Bible is not only trustworthy friends, but it is living water to our souls. I don't want it to take you 20 years. Here, you will learn how to pray, you will find truth, and you will finally gain trust in the Lord. If God is for us, who can be against us? This is Finding Faith Above. That began a 12, almost 13 year detour into complete deception, super legalistic. If you don't do what he said as being the pastor, then you're going to lose your salvation. If you don't go back and pray about X, Y, Z and come to the same conclusion that, that he's decided is what God is saying then you're in sin and you need to go outside the camp and you can't come to church this week. You can't fellowship with us because you need to repent and just all sorts of scripture taken out of context and used to manipulate, control, shame, shun. He was a complete narcissistic sociopath who just was willing to use God to get what he wanted. He ended up getting me to divorce my husband in Jesus name because he didn't really love God. And we did. And he got me to cut off my family members and not talk to them anymore. I didn't talk to my kids for 12 years. Um, he actually over, and this was again, over this was about 11 years in he and his wife talked me into that. It was God's will because I was a woman, I shouldn't be able to, I shouldn't be over, I shouldn't be the publisher over this staff of 20 people because scripture says women shouldn't be an authority over men. Of course, this was not a church, but 
Nevertheless, um, that was what they used to get me to come to the conclusion that they wanted me to come to. They pretty much brainwashed me using scripture out of context to give them my $3.5 million company for $10. Wow. And basically the minute that I did that, they cut my pay in half. So I couldn't even afford my mortgage. They kept like this very harsh discipline, which then of course, the way that they use scriptures to justify that is no discipline seems pleasant at the time. But if you learn from it and anytime you want to point out, this doesn't seem scriptural, this doesn't seem right. They use, well, why don't you get the log out of your own eye before you try and take the speck out of mine? You have a bitter root. All these ways to shut you up and keep you controlled, which was the agenda. And and this guy, he stole, besides the fact that his family, once we got on the other end and were able to actually look at the books and see what he had taken over, he was take between him and his family, they were taking half a million dollars a year out of my publishing company. Wow. This was working up to the point where he got it out of my name and it was greed. It was evil, but it was absolute spiritual abuse that misrepresented who Jesus was and who God was completely. Mm -hmm. And pretty much by almost at 13 years, I was to the point where I was like, you know what, if this is God, I don't want him. I'm done. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's a lot of people who end up leaving something that is so serious like that, because if that's all you know of who God is, when you leave, you leave them all together. Because if that's who he is, I don't want any part of it. And that's not an abnormal thing at all, but that's not what happened with you. So what happened? (laughs) So what happened was, um, as I walked away and just said, if this is God, I don't want him. My son, because they had gotten me to a place over the year and a half after they got the company out of my name, they got me to the place where I was on minimum wage. Okay. I founded the company right? 20 years before. Now they got me on minimum wage. So this is again, God's discipline. And um, I was destroyed. Spiritually, I was destroyed. Emotionally, I was destroyed. But I thought I need to repent. This is God's discipline. I was so warped. And at one point figured out that there was use tax that was due from the transfer of the company and the transfer of the assets. And they were basically saying, okay, you owe that $15,000. And I'm like, you took away my livelihood. I I don't even have any credit anymore. I lost my house. I lost everything. And how am I supposed to pay for this? But I still think that this is wrapped. My salvation is wrapped up in this. So I have to do this to do the right thing. And finally, my brother asked the question, okay, if they didn't figure out that this was due and due to be paid by the people that received the the assets. And and if you didn't realize it, if they didn't realize it, you didn't realize it. Why do you have to pay the whole thing? (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I have been duped again. Because I, I had the same realization with Scientology that I had been duped. Different set of circumstances, but same like light bulb going on. And so when I walked away from that and my son took me to a lawyer, because I'm like, do I declare bankruptcy? I don't even know what to do at this point. Because I, I mean, my absolute life was in a shambles. I had lost everything. He took me to this lawyer and the guy was like, I'm not sure that you should do that because as I'm looking at this paperwork, this was fraud. What they did to you was fraud. They stole your company. This was a sham. And then I took it to another accounting person who looked at the paper, the sale paperwork and said the same thing. And all of a sudden I was like, so that wasn't God. Hmm. I realized, okay, they just used God to manipulate and control me, but who they were representing as God was not who God was. So that was the, the first major turning point of me realizing, wow, I just believed a lie for 13 years and gave up everything for it. What now, God? <laughs> and that became, that began a journey of me going through a bunch of counseling, a bunch of healing. And really, I think the next biggest turning point for me was when I said to the Lord, okay, Lord, what was wrong with me that I would believe a lie is true and give up everything for it? What deficiency was in me? What, what was wrong there? And he showed me, number one, my wounds that never got healed put me into idolatry, which made me vulnerable to the enemy's deception. And so that was the first, whoa. Okay, I get because you can be in idolatry unknowingly or knowingly, and the devil doesn't care if you know it or not. He, but if you are, he is going to open that is an open door. He can come in and just deceive you in spades because you've allowed him in. And so, seeing that, seeing the fact that I, when I jumping into ministry full-time, I had no idea what the difference was between scripture in context and scripture out of context. And that was life-changing for me to realize that I was at, when I first met this guy and his wife, they quoted scripture like I used to cuss. Every other sentence out of their mouth was a scripture. And I was like, man, where have I been? I've been a Christian for 13 years. And I feel like I don't know anything to realize that anybody can quote scripture out of context and make it mean anything they want. But that's people not do. <laughs> and people do. do. Lots of people, people do <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing that and also seeing that my own lack of trusting God, when we got that job in the guy's book, the manuscript, the title was hating for Jesus based on Luke 14, 26. If anyone wants to follow me, he has to hate his mother, father, sister, right? That script, that was his cornerstone scripture. They was building his ministry on which 
all cults use that scripture to divide families and get you not to talk to people who don't agree with your doctrine. And I had to look back and go, oh, people tried to warn me. There were all sorts of red flags, but they had already manipulated me and groomed me into shutting down anyone that questioned because they said anybody that questions this doesn't really love God. They just love themselves. I had been completely groomed to shut out any red flags. So even when my editor who read the manuscripts came to me and said, don't publish this, it's borderline heresy. And she was being nice about it. I didn't, I had already been warned to be ready for that kind of a response. And, and he was going to print 5,000 copies that I already had all the bills I was going to pay with that money. So rather than trusting God and listening to the warnings, I did my talk to the hand thing to God and didn't trust God at all. and just continued moving forward. So for God to show me how I'd been groomed and I didn't listen to wise counsel, I didn't have a good foundation when I first got saved. So I was easily manipulated by scriptures out of context and that my wounding had not been healed. And that left me vulnerable. Yes, what they did to me was wrong. It was evil. It was sinful. There's no excuse for it. But I had to be able to recognize my part in that because I had to own that. That was, they didn't make me do it. I went along with it because of those wounds that had not been healed. Just, there were so many things that as I'm seeing that and God's answering that, that prayer, God, what was wrong with me? He showed me all sorts of things that I was easily manipulated by words. I was easily manipulated by scripture out of context. And that was because I wasn't healthy emotionally or spiritually because I wasn't healed. Yeah. God loves us and he knows who we are, but we all have those things that make us vulnerable, whether it's, um, the internet, even that right. I mean, for I, this whole COVID time with my young daughter sitting there in front of the internet was, it was, that was her vulnerable point, And she yeah. really struggled with that. And we all have it. We all have these vulnerable points. And I think that the devil knows that too, but God also says, I'm here with open arms and yep. I can be your strength. But yes. first you have to say, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, yeah. I am doing these things. Yes, this is my vulnerable point and I need your help. And yeah. I think that's the turning point I know for me is when I could actually come to God and say, I can't do this alone. I need you. And I'm not perfect. And I know everything that is wrong <laughs> with what's going in me, all of my vulnerable points. Yeah. And that's when things change for me. That's when that turning point happened. So mm. was there something specific for you that was like, oh yeah, like that really brought that to attention for you that was like, whoop, light switch. Now I'm moving life in a different direction. I think one of the final kind of straws right before my brother asked that question was when I 
tried to say, well, I'm going to try and find the money to pay this $15,000 use tax. And I'm really working on it. I'm working on it. I was frantic trying to make it right because my salvation was wrapped up in all that. And I remember getting a registered letter. I had to sign it. And it was from their attorney saying, we have waited long enough for you to get this use tax paid. And my client is increasingly tiring of the delay. So if this is not paid within whatever, we will take further action. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought there was a scripture somewhere that says that you don't sue another believer. So that was like the first. Okay. Oh yeah, totally. So then when my brother asked that question, it was just like, okay, yep, this is not at all what I thought it was. And Did it had- feel like a brain explosion? Because I know so many people say like when they walk away from things like this, and I, when I walked away from the church, it, it, your brain explodes at first and then you have to rebuild all the pieces. Absolutely. I had to go through every lie that I believed that was a core tenant to this legalistic lie from the pit of hell and then find the scripture that showed the opposite to that, the truth in the matter. And just every single one, it was so good to see just the enemy, the devil quotes scripture. He did it to Jesus in the wilderness. So it's not like we should be surprised. That's what the enemy does to try and trip us up and just take us out of the game. Totally. Yeah. But you're in a very different place now. So how did you get here? Oh my. At that point, when I walked away, I was um, 13 years, never hadn't been on a date, was told that I couldn't remarry and that I just needed to give my life to the church and all of that. And my ex-husband had already been actually married twice and was still married. So that there was no option to reconcile. I did go back to him and say, you were right. I was wrong. Please forgive me. So we are, we're reconciled as far as you know, that goes, I went back and reconciled with all my children, went to just trying to figure out what, what I was going to do with my life. Cause when they took the company over, I signed a, a non-compete, which I couldn't even stand next to a book in a 7-Eleven and not be in, in uh, contempt of, of the non-compete clause. And even though it never would have stood up in court, but I didn't even know what God, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And after two or three months, my friend invited me to church, which it took me that long to be able to even step into a church. And she invited me to church here in the town where the cult was and still was at that point. And about two months in, the pastor's wife pulled me aside and said, just so you know, I told Ross, if anything ever happens to me, he needs to marry you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And and I used to sit in church and look at this guy on the stage and go, Lord, could I have somebody like that guy? He loves his family. He's not a flirt. He's got humility. He's transparent. He loves you. He loves his kids. He loves his family. Can I have someone like that? So then when she said that to me, totally freak me out. (laughs) And actually about, I don't know, maybe three months later, I ended up going to San Antonio to help my brother 
take care of my mom. So I had been estranged from my mom and my brothers. And I was, so that all got restored and I went and helped him. And while I was there, I was asked if I wanted to have a radio show. And I had done lots of radio interviews for my time with Point Man. And I was like, wow, maybe this is what God's going to do for the rest of my life. This is my new life. Okay. And so I had this amazing radio show, weekly show for women um, called Always Faithful, where we talked about God's faithfulness. And just that's the theme of my life since he rescued me from that and began to restore. Um, So I did that. And it was just, it was absolutely amazing. And God just continued to teach me to slow down, spend time with him, have that intimate relationship with him. I whined a lot about being single and come on, God, haven't I waited long enough? And he just had to get me to a place where I was satisfied and content with just him. And he did get me to that point. And actually, I was just so sure that I was waiting for this friend of mine who we never dated or anything, but I was just sure maybe he had had this traumatic divorce a couple of years before I was okay. I was waiting for him. And uh, the next thing I heard, Kathy, who was um, the pastor's wife that told me that I was supposed to marry her husband, if anything ever happened to her, turns out she was diagnosed with cancer while I was in San Antonio Three months later, she passed away, had a list that she made on her deathbed telling her husband, these are the only five women you can even consider marrying. And I was number one on the list. Oh, how funny. (laughs) And um, so that happened while I was in San Antonio. Lots to that that we don't have time. It's it's in my memoir uh, where I tell the whole story. But about three months later, right around the end of the year, I I just knew in my heart that I my whole thing about I'm waiting for this guy that that was not what God was doing, and I had to repent for that. And I spent New Year's Eve 2013 just before the Lord saying, you know what, I, I don't want to surrender everything with, and think that if I surrender everything, you'll give me what I want. So Mm -hmm. I just said, my motive, yes, please purify my motives, Lord. I just want you. And I want to be happy with that, regardless of what you do with me. I want to be at that place. And it was just a wrestling match that finally in the middle of the night, it was like that peace was there. I was It didn't matter what he did. If I was going to be single the rest of my life, that would be fine. And eight days later, I got a text saying that Wine Press had closed down. The company that I used to own that I'd lost to the cult closed down. And my former landlord asked if I would move back to Washington and start something to help all these authors. And I didn't really, I wanted to stay in Texas. I love Texas. I didn't want to be around all the memories of all the devastation and the loss because it was all here in this little town in Claw, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle. But the more I prayed about it, I felt like I, I had to do it because it was my bad judgment that allowed all these authors to end up now orphaned and without a publisher. So I 
ended up going back and um, like, I don't know, three or four days before I came back, Ross actually reached out to me and just said, hey, you ought to call me sometime because I got lots of time on my hands because he basically been a widow at that point for three months or something like that. And uh, turned out he actually had just told his elder board right before Christmas, just want you to know, I'm going to get married. And they all okay. said, uh, <laughs> to who? He said, I don't know yet. I just want you to know, I'm going to get married again. And then God just through a series of events connected us so that then when I flew back to Washington, which was originally just supposed to be a trip to see my grandkids, it went from being a round trip to a one-way trip. And we knew immediately that this was it, that this was God's plan. And um, so I was going to be a pastor's wife, which I had no idea what that meant. But we just so happened when he picked me up at the airport and we went and talked for a couple hours at a restaurant, turned out he had a boat that he and his family bought an old sailboat that they gave a new name to this had happened 13 years before they changed the name on the back of the boat but down below their original name was still embroidered in the curtains below and the original name of the boat was Athena oh that's awesome <laughs> you're like this is perfect <laughs> I know it was my modern day Cinderella story and we have not we've been married almost eight years now have not had a fight yet don't plan to and he is just, God just knew exactly what I needed. Someone who's just compassionate, a shepherd, not afraid of my strengths, not intimidated by that, but not be strong, but he's not a controller. He's not a manipulator. He's not all those things that I've experienced so many times that, and had been betrayed by. So it has an absolute happy ending that I'm still, I still pinch myself over that. Wow. Wow. So now you are married. You are, you have your job where you're moving forward. You're helping women every day. I loved watching your YouTube. I've watched your YouTube quite a bit and you talk to so many amazing women. Really what you're doing for the Lord now is just huge. What would you say to people who are going through some of the struggles that you went through and are trying to find God and, and are lost and just looking for where to go? What would be your biggest advice for them? I think my biggest advice would be to ask the Lord everything. Here's what I see. Here's what I see in my life and, and be real. Don't, don't think he doesn't already know it, but just articulate to him. I see my relationships are destroyed. I don't even trust you, I, whatever it is. And just ask him, Lord, what do you want to teach me? What have you been trying to teach me? And how do you want to redeem my life? And I don't know, I think Romans 828 is such a good place to start to understand that he is sovereign. And things happen that are bad for all sorts of crazy reasons. We live in a fallen world. But Lord, how are you that scripture says that we know that he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So I think if you can't say, 
yes, I love God. And I know I'm called according to us. If you're not at that place yet, then I think the prayer would be, Lord, just make yourself real to me. Show me who you are and help me to understand your goodness and your faithfulness and what you want to do to take everything I've gone through and use it to help others because he can redeem. Really, when I think of the 13 years that I completely was just absolute devastation to think that he can now use that to encourage others and to give hope to women who have been through trauma and need to take that brave step forward to start their healing and need to begin to trust God even when they can't imagine how to do that, just to be willing. And if you're not willing, say, okay, please make me willing. Wow. Thank you so much, Athena, for going over all of this with us and just being so willing to share your story from start to finish. You talked about your memoir. Where else can people find you and find your story and connect with you? Because this is a big one that I have loved every minute of getting to know all of this. So where can people find you? Best place is AthenaDeanHoltz.com. And that has links to my YouTube channel, to my all things podcast, to my, my book, everything. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Cause I don't know what else you could, because this was amazing, but well, let me just say that I, as bad as what I went through was, I, I really wouldn't trade it only because I'm what God has done in my heart to make me more compassionate and more, just more willing and authentic and some depth that I didn't have before. I, I wouldn't trade where I am now with where I was before. And that's what I had to go through to get to this place to give hope to other people. I praise God for it. And yeah, I'm super grateful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Athena. I appreciate it. Thank you. So nice to be with you. You have been listening to the second half of a two-part series with Athena. If you missed the first half, go back to episode number 51. That is just the one right before this, where you can hear all about Athena's start with her introduction to God and the beginning of this whole transformation that she had to the beautiful place that she's in today. I am so honored that you showed up today to listen to this little podcast talking about big things. If you want to comment, share, laugh, or cry about what we talked about today, then you need to join the Facebook group where you can have a safe space to do all the sharing because we kind of need people in this big old world that understand. And if you are like, heck yeah, that was awesome. Where can I get more? First hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and then hurry on over to findingfaithabove.com where you will find so much goodness all created just for you because I really do love you guys. I've been where you are at and I want to help you have all the hope and none of the lost. Resources, art, Bible studies, it's all there just for you. Findingfaithabove.com. Wishing you all the best in love in Jesus name. See you next time.